Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to episode 84 of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. So excited for today's episode, which I feel like I say that every single week, but it's actually true. And I really love when I have a really awesome guest on here who is talking about something that isn't necessarily in my area of expertise. So in this episode, we have Kat Hildner, who is the creator, designer, and heart and soul behind the brand Kitty Meow Boutique. So she sells these gorgeous products. Oh my God, you have to check out her website. It'll be linked in the show notes. And her products are basically beautifully designed paper and party goodies based on your mood, witty or sweet. And her products are designed to make women feel confident, empowered, and courageous enough to take on the bull by the horns in life with thoughtful details. So I just love that. And I had a great conversation with Kat. We just wrapped up about 20 minutes ago and really, really fun. Like she dives deep into getting your product in shops and boutiques and wholesale and all the things that go with that. And I feel like I learned so much from this episode. So I'm really excited for you guys to just get all of her amazing information. And, you know, we really dived into things like how do you get your product in stores? How do you reach out to shop owners the best way? How do you price your product so you're actually making profit? Uh, What are the order minimums? Um, Just kind of like how to get started. And we hear about her journey on how she had went to a conference and she set a goal to be featured in a hundred stores. And then two years later, she is now in 800 stores, which is insane. So I'm excited for this episode and I know you guys will love it too. And then another thing that Kat is part of is the educational program conference, the ultimate product party, which is going to be so much fun. It is a conference this May in Arizona. I'm going to be one of the speakers there. So you guys have to come and join in all the fun. I'm going to link the link below with more information on the event, how you can get tickets and you can use my code, which is an affiliate code for 50 bucks off of your ticket. So I'm so excited for that. But anyway, let's dive into today's episode. Grab your coffee, grab a huge glass of wine because you're going to need it for this episode. Welcome to the podcast, Kat. I am so excited to have you. Thank you so much for being on here. Yay, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be tons of fun. You are my kind of people. (laughs) I agree. Um, I mean, same to you. Um, (laughs) So today is something I'm really excited to chat with you about because you are, you know, your expertise is in like getting in products in wholesale shops or wholesale accounts and 
um, retail. So yeah, I'm excited to dive in to all that. Um, before we get started, can you just introduce yourself and tell everyone about your insanely gorgeous product business? Oh gosh, you're so kind. Um, so I'm Kat Catherine. My business, product-based business is Kitty Meow Boutique. I don't sell anything cat related, but Kitty Meow is just this fun kind of alter ego of mine coming from a dorky AOL screen name in college. But I sell everything paper party and gift goodies. So everything's organized where you can shop based on your mood. If you like witty, kind of semi-inappropriate, edgy stuff, we have things for you. Or if you like the more sweet, thoughtful, charming, sentimental side, you can shop the sweet side of Kitty Meow. And what else? I'm a mom of three little kids, five, four, and nine months, uh, living in the Chicagoland area. I love talking about wholesale because I sucked at it for a while. And it wasn't until I made some major shifts in my business and mindset that things really took off for me. And hmm. now you can find Kid Meow products in over 800 stores worldwide. And this is just the beginning. Oh my God. That is so awesome. And I'm actually looking at your website right now. And I'm, I really like, I'm very sarcastic. I'm from Boston and I love sarcasm and I love like dark humor kind of thing. And I love your products, like your happy resignation card, happy resignation. That job was lame. Um, I love it. That's just so cute. So it's funny, but it still looks pretty. That's definitely. Yeah. uh... I love it. It's just like funny. That job was lame. Um, yeah, I love it. Your stuff is amazing. Um, I know I told you before I need to go in and buy a couple things, but, um, and I think it's funny that you have your, your business name stem from an AOL account. <laughs> Do not even exist anymore? AOL. I feel like I no. still get, I still get people that sign up for my email list that have AOL and I'm like, you've oh. got mail. Yeah. That ages me big time. I don't know how old you are, but I feel like I'm old and, um, yeah. I okay. Am- I'm just getting more better and clearer about who I am as a woman and I'm okay with it. I love it. I also, I feel like I need to acknowledge the fact that you said you have three kids. I think you said the oldest was five yeah, and a nine month old. That is a lot. I have one six-year-old and I am constantly like, I don't know how people have more than one and have a business because it, just because, I mean, it just feels, it feels one, heavy. And you, one was, was really, I was saying one was really hard and then they got progressively easier. Mm -hmm. And I actually moved out of my doing operations out of my home and into the kitty meow HQ where I'm recording right now when I was Mm -hmm. nine months pregnant and best decision ever, but scary in the moment. Yeah. Well, it's good to have, I mean, I don't, my business was like literally out of my townhouse in Seattle. And when I started my business, it was out of my living room in California. And I think when you have your products, like my product literally took over my whole house in Seattle. We had to sell my husband's car because we literally had no space on the entire bottom level of our townhouse. But I know that if I ever did another product business, I would not have it in my house because I feel like when it's in your house, there's zero separation between your business and personal life. And even if you're not physically looking at it, you're thinking about it. And then you walk into like your living room and it's like, Oh, there's my product again. Oh wait, I need to go send an email. Or I think it really like screws up your separation. So I agree. I 
Totally agree. And then if you have people working for you, I mean, they were coming upstairs, yeah. passing my bedroom and it just got to be way, way too much, but yeah, I love it. Um, so let's kind of dive in. Cause I love the fact that you said you sucked at wholesale and now you're in 800 stores. That is, that's insane. How like walk us through when you first started your business or like when you, so you have your product business, um, when did you start thinking, oh, I should go into stores or I should like, you know, I should do B2B and sell to other stores or sell like to other retailers. How did that happen? Yeah. So I've been working for myself for 11 years. So it's not like I just, oh, I'm going to sell myself in stores and this is going to be so amazing. No. And the idea of ever selling my stuff in stores for a long time, like I could never do that. That's not made meant for people like me. That sounds way Mm -hmm. too hard, way too scary. No, I'm not even going to go there. Even showing at a trade show. I'm like, what? No, normal people like me, they don't do that. That's ridiculous. But I was doing custom designs for a long time. I was living in Las Vegas after I graduated from college in Illinois, moved to Las Vegas, Hmm. worked in nightlife advertising for a while, met my husband. His job forced us to travel kind of every one to two years. We were moving from Las Vegas to Arizona to California to Seattle. And I just always wanted something that I could take with me. And we didn't have kids at the time. Mm -hmm. But I started off doing lots of custom designs when I had kids. I said, I hate doing custom designs. This is way too much work. I need to streamline my process a little bit. But I really had no brand cohesion. And Mm -hmm. none of my designs looked like, how do you say this? Like they were friends. Like none of them look like they belong together Mm -hmm. or even from the same little brand family. And after my second daughter, I said, I'm going to turn this around. I'm going to create a brand that I'm really proud of. I'm going to care a little bit less about what I think other people are thinking about me and just create a collection that looks how I feel. I want my, the kitty meow brand to look. And that's when I launched this collection of greeting cards into wholesale. And probably for the first year I was spinning my wheels, pitching all these stores and not getting anywhere. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just had this mindset shift of this needs to work or else. And that's when things really started uh, taking off. And I I set a a goal of, I want to be in a hundred stores by the end of, this was 2019 and just made it happen. And that sounds so like, oh, it just magically happened. No, it did not. And we can go over like my roadmap of what I did to get there. But um, it never just happens. (laughs) It never just happens. And again, people look at my brand now and maybe if they've just heard of me within the past couple of years, think that I've had this success overnight. And I'm telling you, like I've been doing this for 11, 12 years and you probably didn't hear about me for 90% of that. So not as glamorous as people (laughs) think it is. It's really hard and sucks. Yeah. I love it. And I like that you, you know, you said it didn't just happen because I think one of the biggest things that I see, including when I had my own product business, I'm a different person now and I'm definitely a million times more positive and like, okay, it didn't work. Well, how can I fix it? Like, what's the solution where before I would get frustrated, 
But I would look at other people that had these bigger businesses and I would say, oh, well, my business will never be like that. Or, you know, oh, well, you know, this subscription box, they're so big. So like, why am I even bothering? Because they're so big. And you forget that it takes these other businesses years and years and years of failure every Mm. fucking day, failing, making mistakes, not doing things the right way until one day it just, it works, you know, and then, and then it works and then it works better and better and better. So I like that you acknowledge that this was not something that just happened overnight. And, you know, it took you a long time because I know so many people listening feel very stuck and frustrated with their business because they're not getting sales. They're not getting the things that they want to. And they look at other people that are like, oh, well, and there's always some excuse, like insert excuse. This person, you know, had funding. This person had help. This person's a great designer. This person's a marketer. So like, if you're any of those things, your business magically just works, but that's actually not true. So thank you for sharing that. Cause I think it's kind of a kick in the butt that a lot of listeners need to hear. Yeah. And I can be the first one to admit that I spent many years of my life doing those same excuses. Like, Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I don't have the money or I don't have what it takes. Or I don't have enough time. Like, oh my, the uh, whole, like, yeah, oh, the time. I, yep. <laughs> I have less time now with three kids and working outside of my home than I ever did before I had kids. And I get way more done now than mm-hmm. I ever have. And it's about doing the right things, but you're never going to know what the hell those right things are until you start doing the wrong things and yeah. you give yourself space to correct from those failures. And I don't even want to call them failures because I don't believe that there's such a thing, Mm -hmm. but people are just sometimes scared and they're scared of rejection and I get rejected every single day. And you know what? It's okay. It's part of it. I love it. I'm just like making a note because you said a really amazing quote and I'm like, I need to have my, I need to have my person pull that up as like a social graphic. So, um, So let's kind of talk about, I know that you said when you first, you had a goal of being in a hundred stores in 2019. And I just have to acknowledge the fact that from 2019, being in maybe a hundred stores to now being 800, that is, I'm not sure the percentage of growth that is, but that's like pretty massive. I can't do math in my head (laughs) on the spot. That's insane. But like, let's talk about the early days. How, like, what was your first wholesale or what was your first, um, shop that you were in and like, how did that happen? And how, how did you feel? I can imagine that was like a celebratory day. Oh, literally. (laughs) I want to do a happy dance every time I get a new account because it's not about collecting numbers of stores. It's really about building relationships and Mm -hmm. okay. So first store ever. So I said that I used to live in, um, the Seattle area. Well, I lived in Snoqualmie, Washington, which is super close to you. And it was that area a local gift shop called carousel gift shop. And I just emailed the, the owner of the gift shop because they were opening up a new one. And I said, Hey, here are my products. I'm local to like, I live right down the street and local businesses love to work with local makers. Mm -hmm. And I had my collection. I had a beautifully designed catalog. I think that's a big thing people want to sell wholesale, but they don't have a wholesale presence and they don't present themselves in a professional manner, which is like, Oh, willy nilly. I want to sell wholesale. No, you need to show that you're a brand that's going to be around for the long haul that you take your brand seriously. So having a wholesale catalog, having a robust collection, knowing that not everyone's going to like every single design you have, 
but they can still meet that opening order minimum to get those wholesale prices. And even knowing like, okay, I should have an opening order minimum, what the hell that even means Mm -hmm. and what quantities you're selling your products in wholesale. Because if you're just like, if you don't know these things, when you pitch your products to someone, then a seasoned buyer is going to know right off the bat that you have zero idea what you're talking about and you're probably not going to be a good fit for your store. So understanding the lingo and then coming in like the badass product uh, owner that you are and being professional and come on, like all my cards have swear words on them. So there's professional in the sense of you don't need to come in um, a business suit, but no coming in, knowing your stuff. Okay. I love that so much. I feel like there's a lot to unpack that you just said, cause there was like so much good little pieces in there. Um, how you said something about presenting yourself. So the buyer doesn't basically think you're inexperienced and either doesn't want to work with you or they try to like probably undercharge your pricing, which we can talk about in a sec. Um, how do you create a catalog? What's like the easiest way, you know, besides opening up maybe a Canva document, or maybe that is the easiest way. Like how do you create a catalog? So you actually look professional. Oh gosh. So I'm a designer by trade. So designing a catalog for me is probably easier than someone who has zero design experience, but you can go on creative market and buy a template for InDesign or for Canva that gives you just a base of what a wholesale catalog looks like. And then I would recommend that you search other brands that are selling wholesale, go to the KDMI website and you can download what my wholesale catalog looks like. It's not a secret just for people who only buy wholesale. Literally anyone who sells wholesale, you can find their wholesale catalog on their website and use that as your market research to know what the lingo is in your specific product niche because you can't just buy one thing at a wholesale price. Everyone comes, everything comes in item minimums. So for greeting cards, the industry standard is six. You don't buy just one, one of this birthday card, one of that friendship card. No, you buy them in quantities of sixes. And if you don't know that when you go pitch yourself to a store, they're going to know right off the bat that you have zero idea what you're talking about. I remember the first time anyone ever reached out to me about wholesale in my Etsy shop. I remember it was a shop in Oregon. This is so (laughs) long ago. And she said, do you sell your cards wholesale? And I said, no, but I can. What do you want? And I probably sold her a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And it wasn't a significant amount. There was no meeting a minimum of 125. And I never heard from that woman again because she knew I didn't know what I was talking about because I didn't. Oh, no. (laughs) That must have been frustrating. (laughs) But it's like you just you don't know what you don't know. And yeah, none of this stuff should be secret. So if it's something that you value and you want to make it this goal a priority, you just need to Mm -hmm. make the effort to go out and seek the information. Yeah. I love that. And so you need a catalog. You need to have like a, and I understand like the brand presence, you need to have, you know, a good website because the person, the buyer likely is going to go to your website and check it out. And if your website sucks, they're probably not going to want to sell your product. Um, one thing that like I was thinking of, cause I know one of my clients that I worked with, um, she also sells cards and they're really beautiful. They're very different than yours, but just in her own little way, but she has this beautiful website, beautiful product. And she goes, she gets in a lot of like 
um, specific, like, you know, like the shops on like Nantucket kind of places, like mm-hmm. really, really beautiful, um, boutique shops and things like that. Um, and now I completely blanked on what I was talking about. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like senior moment. Um, yeah, I don't even know what I was talking about anyway. Yeah. One of my clients, she sells these beautiful. Oh, okay. I think I was trying to help her something with getting into retail shops, but anyway, I'm completely blanking. So let's just disregard that question. Um, when it comes to like choosing the store, I think that's what I was trying to get at. How do you choose the store? Cause I remember actually, maybe this is what I was talking about. I'm so sorry. I went into a shop somewhere. Um, it was in Florida. I went to visit my parents in Florida. I went into the shop and it was like this beautiful shop with like, everything was amazing. They had champagne bottles and glasses with like the fan. Do you know, fancy sprinkles? Yes, I do. Oh my gosh. I'm like obsessed with them. They had fancy sprinkle bottles everywhere. And I literally texted her and I was like, you need to be in this shop. I can picture your cards here. So I think it's, you know, I would assume that it's very, very important that you need to like do your due diligence and not just reach out to any old shop. You need to make sure that your products are a good fit for that shop. How do you figure that out? Like, I feel like that could be hard for a lot of people, especially new, new product business owners. See, I kind of politely disagree on this, uh, that needs to be the the right fit. I think in your mind, yes, you absolutely want your products to be the right fit for what you perceive the right fit to be when it comes to your products. But for me, I will sell Kitty Mail products wholesale to anyone who wants them. I'm all about spreading joy and good vibes. And I'm not going to, I guess, look at someone's online presence and be like, oh, no, that's not a good fit for my brand and then cancel it. Right. Mm -hmm. I have products like and you see them sitting on the shelves like they need to move. And it's not because my standards are low that I'm willing to sell to anybody. But you just don't know, especially over the Internet, what Mm -hmm. might be a good fit. I think like you can't judge a book by his cover is what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. But okay. the way you get leads, the power really is in numbers. My leads list, and these are not people who've bought from me, but just people whose emails I have collected, who have I reached out to, mm-hmm. it's over 30,000 people long. And what? I sell Holy in crap. about 800 stores. So you can see like, okay, yes, not all of these people are going to be a great fit for my brand or even want my product, but the power is really in the number of people that you are reaching out to. Cause every, like you're going to get a lot of no's, you're going to get a lot more no's than you are. Yeses. Yeah. But if you don't take the time to take those recommendations from friends who are visiting places that you'll never visit or getting on Google maps or getting on Yelp or getting on Instagram, mm-hmm. literally going to another person who sells wholesale, who you like their brand, you feel like it is a similar aesthetic or vibe to your own, looking to see who their stockist list on their website is. And that gives you, okay, now I have a little bit of a starting point of people that I can reach out to. Then I'm going to go to Instagram, see who they follow. Most of the people I follow on Instagram, they're all other stores. So if you feel like your brand is kind of a similar vibe to mine, then reach out to these stores too. Because on Instagram, you have the name, 
of the the shop, you can easily get their email. And if you do a little bit of digging, then you should get the first name of the store owner. So those are the three things that are kind of essential to when it comes to doing that initial introductory email pitch when you're pitching a new store. Like you want to call them by their first name. You don't want to be like, hey, you store owner whose name I didn't take the time to uh, research. Please buy my shit. No, that is so rude. And please don't ever pitch people like that. You need to make it seem like, but it's true. Like, come on, you've gotten those pitches and you're like, oh my gosh, this person has zero. They don't care about me. And those are the ones that get deleted. Copy and paste. And then the best is when they either spell your name wrong or they're like, hey, Susan. And I'm like, I'm not fucking Susan. Like delete. (laughs) Oh, and I, I have to admit there have been times where I'm like going through because I copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. And then I go in and I personalize. And yeah. there are those couple emails where like, ah, I forgot to change the name of the store, the store owner. And now I sound like a dick. No, it's that, fine. yeah, I've, I've done, I actually did the same thing like a week ago. So, I mean, we can sit here and laugh, but like we all, we all make the same mistakes and there, there is no shame. So, yeah. um, that is, that's so funny though. Yeah. I love like the copy and paste in DMs. Oh, those kill me. I, I, I just, especially when they spell your name wrong. I mean, You've got to take the time, <laughs> take the 30 seconds, go to their website, figure out their name and make sure you spell it correctly. If you do at least that one thing, they maybe you have like a 50% better chance of not just instantly getting deleted. So, um, and I feel like I interrupted you cause I was laughing about oh. the, like the DMing thing. <laughs> yeah. Don't um, be that creepy person go in. Yeah with an introductory, like getting to know you email and then make it a little bit more about them than you do about you. So I always like to personalize one line of my pitch email with, Hey, I found you on Instagram and I just really love the funny, sarcastic, carefree vibe of your shop. And I feel like we would be a perfect fit. And obviously that's not the thing you're going to say verbatim to every single person that you pitch, but at least it gives the buyer an idea that you took a moment to recognize them, that you're not just all about you. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think personalization is definitely something that feels overlooked to most people because, you know, I know when I used to pitch people on things, I would always try to like personalize it, but I know that when in return, I would get like my gosh, especially on Instagram, Instagram and email. I mean, I used to get like hundreds per day of messages. Hey, like, Hey, Dapper dog. Um, let's, do you want to collaborate? Let's collaborate. Like that's the best one of all time. Because literally when I get that, it's like delete, delete, delete. If that's how you're starting a a message, then I'm probably still going to delete it, but it just shows no thought whatsoever. And it's like a copy and paste. Um, but I get a lot of that with like the influencer stuff. Like, hey, um, hey, Dapper Dog, I would love to collab. Can you send me a free item? No, 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 I can't. Wait. Delete, delete. <laughs> <laughs> it's my dog's birthday. Can you send me a free box? Like, I'm not even joking. The amount of message, the amount of times I received that exact message. Hey, Carrie. Hey, Dapper Dog box. It's my dog's birthday. Can you send me a free box? No, send your own dog a box. It's your dog. People are so weird. And yeah, the whole, like, I don't even know the Instagram people like Instagram, like I'm an influencer and they have like one follower that this, that whole concept, I feel like could be its own 
podcast series because I know we all get the same annoying messages from people who just expect free things for doing nothing in return. <laughs> so. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it's a s- s- struggle on so many ways. And here we are trying to sling products that we actually feel are really amazing yeah. and passionate about. And yeah. Uh, great. Yeah. It is. When did you, this is probably something I should have asked you when we first started chatting. When did like, why did you, um, obviously you have a website and you're, you know, selling to customers. What made you think, you know what? I want to sell to stores. I want to do B2B. What kind of made you want to do that? And yeah. Well, I wanted to work less and have more money, (laughs) which sounds so, oh yeah, that sounds so easy, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to design, I wanted, I still want to design, but I wanted my efforts to go a little bit further. I wanted to design something once and then sell it over a bajillion times instead of designing it once and then only selling it once. Like I was doing with a lot of my custom work. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was in a Rachel Hollis women's conference. This was June, 2019. And she was encouraging all us, all of us in the audience, like set a goal for the year. We have six months left or whatever it was. It was, I don't know what's June to December. Again, not a math person or a month person. (laughs) And um, she's like, set a goal. And then we're going to roadmap how you're going to get to that goal. And I'm like, Hmm. I'm in seven stores right now. It's June. I'm going to be in a hundred before the end of December. And I'm like, okay we're going to do this. So I wrote down as we were going along in the conference, like different ways that I'm going to get to this in what felt at the time, insane number of 100. I'm like, I'm going to take on sales reps. I'm going to be more aggressive about sending physical samples. I'm going to start doing more trade shows. I'm going to be more aggressive about my email lists. I'm going to reach out to more people. I'm going to build relationships. I'm going to introduce new products, but then I'm going to involve my customer into the creation of these products. Like literally all of these things. Wow. And then it just kind of like I did the work and it happened from there. And now I coach other people like how to do it too. And it's not these super secret magical ways. It's just working really hard, but continuing to show up. People send that initial pitch email and then they get discouraged when no one buys from them from that Mm -hmm. initial pitch email. Like I have someone local, um, So I'm in uh, Naperville, Plainfield, Illinois, and this store has a location in Plainfield and Naperville. This person has been on my leads list that I've been emailing them on a regular basis for over three years, and they just finally purchased from me. That is the power of consistently showing up on email, but people have that disconnect where they think, oh, they don't like me anymore. I'm going to stop emailing them. I never stop emailing you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. That's just amazing because so many people listening, including myself, you know, six years ago would probably have been that person where I would do something a couple of times and just be like, Oh, it's not working. Like, I mean, that's not true. I would keep, I would keep going, but I think a lot of people listening just get so discouraged. And I think too, like you take it personally, you're like, Oh, well, they didn't like my product, my design, which in turn, then you're like, Oh, well, they didn't like me. And then it turns into like this other, you know, can of worms where you don't feel good enough. And then you just either stop making effort or you might just say, you know what, I'm not going to like try to get into shops anymore because no one likes my stuff. And you just like 
you know, you end it. So you have to keep going. Yeah. I remember this year of 2019, I introduced pencils. I'm like, no one wants my cards. Nobody likes me. I'm not getting into any stores. I'm going to introduce pencil sets. And this is going to be just the best thing ever for my business. This is going to take me to the promised land. These fucking pencil sets. And spoiler alert, no one really gave a shit about my pencil sets. And I had sales reps at the time and they're on the West Coast and they never sold my pencil sets. So I'm like, you know what? No one likes my pencil sets. I'm going to discontinue them. And after I started building up my wholesale business more and more, and then I got on wholesale platforms like Fair and Hello Abound. And then these pencil sets started selling like crazy. And I'm like, okay, we're bringing back the pencil sets. And they haven't been (laughs) the most amazing thing in my business. The greeting cards are still very much the bread and butter of my wholesale line. Mm -hmm. But when people don't know that you exist, it's really hard to gauge what's a bestseller because there's not enough eyes on that particular product. So if you think like, I really love this product and I think it's great, but it's not buying it. The issue sometimes is not the product is that enough people don't know about it to make a difference in those sales. And that's the hardest part is putting yourself out there, showing up on a podcast interview. Like people need to get out of this box of only showing up on Instagram and really think, Like, what can I do to broaden my horizons to let people know about me and my awesome goods? And sometimes people don't do that because they're too afraid. And believe me, I have been there. I've been afraid of my own shadow for so long. Mm -hmm. It's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to get over yourself or are you going to fall behind? Yeah, I love that so much. And yeah, I couldn't agree with you more about the fact that people need to just like branch out. If And I literally just posted an Instagram post today about this. You know, just being on one platform isn't, that isn't always going to be enough. You know, you can have a website, but like, what else are you doing? Are you leveraging email marketing? Are you, you know, there's just so many places you can sell things. And if you're only focusing on one, especially freaking Instagram, um, that's not good enough. And I know so many people because I get messages from people all the time. Um, my business isn't working. My messaging isn't working. Um, no one's buying my products. And I'm like, well, where, do you, where are you selling? And they're like, well, I have a website, but like, I pretty much only focus on Instagram. And it like, when I hear that, it makes me like, yeah, shake your head. If you, yeah, your reaction right there. Like I get very upset with people and I'm only like, I'm one of those people where like, I will do everything to help you but you have to get off the damn Instagram bubble because that is not how you grow a business. It's not. And like people just get so fixated. My business isn't growing. Um, and all they do is spend time on Instagram and like, that's not good enough, you know, unfortunately. Um, but you were talking about, again, I feel like I kind of interrupted you when you were talking about something. I'm so sorry. Um, I get excited and I like start interjecting. Um, it's your podcast. (laughs) no, but you're, you're the star of the episode, not me. <laughs> I don't need to be the star. <laughs> um, when it comes, oh, we were talking about website and I said, oh, I posted something about that today. And it's basically, I'm doing like this little podcast series and part two is sales channels, expanding your sales channels. And in that episode, I do mention like wholesale and, you know, different things you can do to sell, but Yeah. People need, like, it's so important that you, if you want to sell your product, you have to try different things. And 
um, hopefully after this episode, you're like, oh yeah, I should, I should sell my product to stores. That's, that's awesome. And, um, you know, you don't know how it's going to work unless you just try it. So yeah, I think it's an important thing. Um, one thing that you said that I want to talk about quickly is you said something about sales reps. I had a sales rep on the West coast. What does that mean? Like, could you kind of unpack that a little bit? Yeah. So a sales rep, sometimes they are individual people. Sometimes it's a company of people and they take a commission for representing and selling your product. So usually it's by region. Um, depending on how big the company is, they could be a tiny region. They could be multiple States. So the biggest rep companies have representation in literally every single state And on average for the paper community or for the paper goods industry, they take 15% of the wholesale sale. So if they sell $100 worth of kitty mail products, I give them $15. So they get a commission for every single order that they write. And it's hard. Like it's hard because now as the industry is turning more towards online buying those in-person old school relationships that the sales reps have. I think they're seeing a lot of what's the word? I don't want to say like negativity, but they're not working cohesively or in harmony with these online wholesale platforms because it's a direct competition that's taking money directly out of their pocket. And, but as a, as a maker, you can't not be on these wholesale platforms because even if you sign on with a sales rep company, if you're just like this itty bitty brand that is new, that is not popular, like some of the other brands that they carry, because usually they're carrying, you know, 10, 20 different brands that they also sell, your products are going to be the last one presented at a meeting if there's even time. So there's a good chance you can sign on with this sales rep company and you spend a lot of money for the showroom fees giving them physical products because they need a deck of all of your products, which is literally one of every single thing that you sell. Um, You're spending money on handouts and physical catalogs. So acquiring sales reps is pretty expensive. And I before thought that that's what I need. Like this is working. I need to bring in more sales reps. And then later found out that this is just not the route that is working for me with these particular companies and then having to part ways. But I'm a fan of saying like, I need to try something once to know if it's for me. I don't want to listen to what someone else says. Maybe if they had a negative experience or even have a positive experience, I need to try this avenue for myself and then decide before I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And I love that, you know, you, you sort of gave that a shot. And, um, cause I think, yeah, that sounds a lot. I think it sounds easier when you're like, Oh, I just work with a sales rep. But then when you think of like all the things you have to do, send product and, um, I can imagine that's expensive. Did you find better luck with the online marketplaces? I know fair. And I know there's like a couple others that are really popular. Um, do you feel like that is more relevant for like 2022? I do. And, a giant chunk of my wholesale income does come from fair. And Mm -hmm. now everybody's on fair. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was first starting wholesale, I was rejected by fair three or four times. They didn't think that I had a built up enough wholesale presence Mm -hmm. to be worthy of being on their platform. And that was a huge shot to my ego for a long time. And 
Um, now I'm I'm grateful for the platform. People are like, oh, the fees and this and that. And I'm like, I'm just grateful for the opportunity. <laughs> no situation is perfect. And like, come on, guys, let's uh, unless I'm you're dying. out there getting these accounts on your own, you have yeah. to respect the fact that they bring in a lot of business for people. Yeah. I'm laughing about the fees because I'm, yeah, so many people are like, oh, I don't want to, you know, Shopify, they take too many fees. I'm like, well, where do you, how do you expect to sell product? Like standing on your street with like a sign, like it's like a lemonade stand. I mean, it's the cost of doing business. Every time I make money too. So if you show at a trade show, whether it's Atlanta market, New York, Dallas, all these Mm -hmm. big ones, you could expect to spend anywhere from five to 20 plus thousand dollars. So the commission that you have to pay to fair, yeah, it's not nice, but think of how you don't have to travel. You don't need to set up a booth and all these other, you know, take away, be gone traveling for a week, taking time away from your business and family. So again, cost of doing business. If it's not for you, fine, but it's works out great for me. I don't know. Yeah. The trade shows are, are like, oh my gosh, I went to, when I first launched my business, I launched, uh, eight, no July of 2016. And I went to my first trade show. I wasn't, I wasn't a vendor. I just went to purchase, mm-hmm. but I went to, um, it's called super zoo in Vegas. Maybe, you know, cause you weren't, you lived in Vegas. Where was it at? Um, I want to say Mandalay, but it's like the biggest, it's the biggest, I want to say it's like the world's biggest pet trade oh, show pet, gotcha. pet industry. Yeah. So I went there and, um, I had met a friend and she told me how much she spent in her booth. And I think she spent like, I want to say it was like 10 or 15,000. And I remember being like, Holy shit, that's, that's yeah. a lot of money. And it's like, you have to do the whole setup and the, you know, the banners and all that kind of stuff. So that is a very expensive way. Um, and I know one of my clients that I do their marketing for, they are also in the pet space. And so they do all the trade shows. And, um, I went with them two years ago to one of their trade shows in Orlando. And it was really fun to kind of be like part of the, you know, part of the team and, um, go and like, you know, help them set up. And it was really, really fun, but it is a lot of work and it's exhausting to sit there and chat with people all day long, try to get emails, try to sell product. And it is, it's a lot of work. So I don't think like if I ever had a product business in the future, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I could handle doing trade shows. They are just, they're a lot, you know, they're a lot. on many levels. So yeah. many levels. Um, and then I just have one more question. Cause I feel like this is one that people have asked me so much about. And I think this question also stems to like, okay, it's about pricing. Cause I think if you want to get into shops, you need to make sure that your pricing is on point, which starts from your original pricing. But how do you ensure that if you want to get into shops and, you know, retail and all that, how do you ensure that you're pricing correctly? So in the end, you're actually making a profit and not just, you know, getting wholesale orders and, you know, yay, I made a hundred thousand dollars in wholesale orders. But in fact, you made zero profit because your pricing was too low. How do you kind of like work through that? Oh yeah. And I say, I'm not a math person, but when it comes to like <laughs> basic bitch math, I can, yeah. I can do okay. And <laughs> you're right. Some people, they fall in love with this idea of, Oh, I want to sell wholesale, 
but they don't have the money to invest in the products at a certain quantity that Mm -hmm. is going to ensure that they are profitable selling wholesale, especially when you're selling wholesale. So it's 50% off your retail price is usually what your wholesale price is. And then when you are on platforms like fair or abound, they're taking anywhere from 15% commission to 25% commission. So you need to make sure that your profit after all these commission charges are taken away, that you're still profitable. And Mm -hmm. it's just sitting there and doing the basic math, like writing down with a pencil and paper and like, okay, this is the cost of my product. This is, I've done the industry uh, research, say, I don't know, notepads, for example. I've done my research for small maker notepads. We're not talking about like notepads made in China by these huge conglomerate companies. You're comparing apples to apples, not apples to oranges. Mm -hmm. I can get about $10 retail for my notepads. So that means my wholesale price is $5. Now, Mm -hmm. how many notepads can I buy at a certain quantity? If I'm only, if I can only buy 25 notepads, that's all that I can afford. Then Mm -hmm. you should not be selling those notepads wholesale because- your profit margin on that after the wholesale price and the fees is going to be nothing. You need to wait until you're able to purchase these items at a much larger quantities because then your profit is going to be much higher. And if you're just over there making 25 cents per product that you're selling, but you feel fancy because you're doing it wholesale, like it's going to take you a long ass time to become a millionaire because you're going to have to sell a ton of product. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you, uh, this is like more of a devil's advocate question, but do you feel like there's merit or value in people trying to get their product in other shops, even if they're not making a profit, but just to like build brand awareness? Just curious. Cause I feel like that could be an objection from people like, well, I don't care if I'm not making profit. I just want to get more people to know about my brand. <laughs> I'm going to say no. <laughs> and I, I don't, and if you disagree with me, let's, Totally. No, no. I'm right. just like, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of like the person listening here, like, Oh, well, I'm, I, I only can't afford to buy 25 notepads, but I really just want to get the brand awareness. Like, what should I do? Then maybe you do that for a short amount of time, but don't go on like that. Just buying 25 here, 25 there. And you're never going to get anywhere. You're going to be spinning your wheels, working really, really hard, making no money. It's kind of like when we were talking about this earlier, people are like, oh, can you send me free product? No, I'm not going to fucking send you free product. Like, leave me alone. (laughs) If you constantly give people free products, we know how that works out. They're not posting about your stuff. They're not doing the things that they said that they that they said they were going to do or the things that you assumed they would do that you never actually talked about in any type of agreement. And I just, it sounds pretty woo woo, but I think that if you are not keeping track of your numbers and you're not mindful of the money that's coming in and out of your business, then that's you telling the universe that you are not ready for that next level success, that you are not ready to make more money in your business. And they're just not going to give it to you because you wouldn't even know what to do with it because you're not respecting the money that you do have coming in and same thing with keeping your products like unorganized and there's no system. If you can't respect what you have, I don't think that you deserve more because you wouldn't know what to do with it. If you got those giant orders, you'd be like, Oh, I don't even know how to process this. And yeah, I mean, believe me, I've been there and it's a bad situation to be in. Yeah. 
my gosh, I'm cracking up laughing because I like before we started recording, I was telling Kat about my like the place I used to pack orders and I would literally have boxes just stacked up to the ceiling. And the day or when I sold my business, I had to go through and like literally go through every single item of inventory. And I think I had like $13,000 of inventory just like sitting in my house. And now I like literally coach people saying, don't ever have fucking $13,000 of inventory in your house because that's money that's not in your pocket. (laughs) But like I make mistakes too. And that's why I literally do everything I do today to help people like you not do the same things I do. But yeah, I was not selling retail. However, my stuff was an unorganized, like hot mess. So well, I used to be not a good situation. My cards would literally be all over the house. I had no idea how many I had of each particular design. And I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I wasn't even keeping track of my finances on a regular basis. And part of that year of really coming out of my shell with Mm. wholesale was you need to hire a bookkeeper. If you know that you're not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah get someone, make the investment in someone that will do it for you because it's so important. Every single little penny counts and it adds up. And there are things that you could be spending smarter. So then you can invest in other things that are really going to help move your business forward. And it's a lot to, it's a lot for one person to manage, which is why one person shouldn't try to manage it all on their own. Yeah. I love that. I of course agree. And I think you can't do, you know, I think when you're first starting your business, like, yes, you have to be the customer service person, the salesperson, but as you're growing, you know, when you get to a certain level, you know, you shouldn't be doing all the things. And I know for me, that was my, in my top one or two biggest mistakes of my business, like from when I was sending one box a month to sending thousands per month. And I was still like, doing customer service emails, doing all the marketing, posting on social media, working with influencers, selling, packing boxes, shipping boxes. Like I literally was doing everything. And that's, that was my biggest mistake, you know? And of course, like you don't know these things until you actually go through it. And then you realize like how much bigger my business could have been if I wasn't bottlenecking it by like, I should have never been packing orders at that point. You know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have been going to the post office like three times a day. What a waste of time. I mean, it's like. <laughs> that used to be the one trip oh, many every day to oh. the post office. That was my Isn't life. The worst. It is, it is the worst. Um, yeah. I was having a conversation with someone two days ago because it was like the third anniversary of me selling my business. And one of the, like the biggest things that I was so happy about after was like, the fact that I didn't have to be at the post office every single day, I didn't have to schedule my USPS pickups, you know, three times a week. And cause I literally would go to the post office, even if it was like an order that would come in at the end of the day, I would still try to get orders out every day. I was crazy. Like I was literally a maniac. I do not recommend anyone doing that. Um, but yeah, I think you need to have systems. You need to not be doing everything. And Yeah. Um, okay. I feel like I'm going to go down a rabbit hole of talking about like the post office stuff. I feel like I still have like, I feel like I still have like post-traumatic stress <laughs> disorder from the post office. Um, My post lady just came to pick up orders for the day. And sometimes I don't always, I'm not always here when she comes because I have to go leave to pick my kids up from school. But when mm-hmm. she comes, I'm like, oh, I know it is Amazing. like, it is great to have the stuff just out of your out of your space, you know? So 
I love it. Um, okay, Kat, this was so amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I feel like I learned so much because wholesale and all this is not my area of expertise. And so I love to be able to learn from people like you. Can you tell everyone where they can find you? And then if people listening want to work with you so they can learn how to get into 800 plus stores, um, tell everyone how they can work with you. And then if you want to mention um, Ultimate Product Party, we can also talk about that really quickly. But where can people find you? So you can follow me on Instagram at Kitty Meow Boutique. If you want to shop Kitty Meow products, uh, you can do so at kittymeowboutique.com. Um, what else? What else? Oh, if you want to work with me right now, I have a a mastermind. It's for other product-based businesses. We are ending it all meeting together at the ultimate product party, which is the creative conference for product-based businesses that I'm hosting with my friend, Allison in Scottsdale in May. Um, shoot me a DM, ask me a question. Like I'm a really fun friend, so I'm not going to charge you just to, uh, answer a little, a little question, get on my email list. I'm always sending out educational, inspirational emails. And if you just want to learn to level up your product-based business, hear from awesome speakers like Carrie, myself, Allison. I mean, we're really trying to come in with every single category or hat you might wear in your product-based business and give you support on that. So buy a ticket, use Carrie's, uh, Affiliate code was it K Fitzgerald UPP for fifty dollars off. Thank you. You're such a that was so that was so good. I'm so bad at like plugging those types of things. I'm like, oh, I don't know the discount code, but I'll find it. I'll put it in the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm pretty. I hope that's what it is. I'd be really crappy if I said the wrong thing. I'll review it and add it to the introduction or the um the end of the episode. But um, but that's amazing. Yeah, and I'm so excited for that. It's going to be so fun. I literally cannot wait. So yes to what Kat said, come get a ticket and join all of us. It's going to be super fun. And, you know, and I think you can talk about this for a sec too, but like the reason that you guys created this is because there aren't any of these types of events for product people. They're always for service. And then if you go to one of these events and you sell physical product, you're kind of like, oh, well, 95% of what you're teaching me does not apply to my business. So I think it's amazing that you guys, you know, are doing this and it's just going to be so fun. So I cannot wait. Ah, well, yeah, it's going to be fun because of women like you supporting us. So thank you (laughs) from the bottom of my kitty meow heart. Seriously. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. It was so good to see you again. Thank you for sharing all of your wholesale expertise. Thanks, Carrie. Such a great episode with Kat. I hope you guys are feeling inspired to set some goals to get your product in retail stores. It's just another avenue for more sales and wholesale, retail, et cetera, is a sales channel. So if it's something that you've been kind of thinking of, I really hope this episode has sparked some drive in your brain and you have a bit more of a plan on getting started. And as I mentioned earlier in the beginning of the episode, um, Kat is one of the um, founders of the Ultimate Product Party. And I'm going to link the, I'm going to add the link below to, if you want to get, get yourself a ticket and it's going to be so fun. Um, we, there's going to be so many speakers there that are all speaking on all things product and e-commerce. So if that is you 
and you're looking to one, learn some really awesome things that you can actually implement in person, meet a bunch of cool, badass speakers who have gone through the product world and understand all the crap that you are going through. And they are there to help you, including myself. It's going to be so freaking fun. And honestly, who doesn't want to go to Arizona for a couple of days, have some warm weather, be under some palm trees, relax, but also learn and meet some really cool people. You can use my affiliate code K Fitzgerald UPP for 50 bucks off of your ticket. All right, guys, I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much and I'll see you guys next week.